This episode is proudly sponsored by the Australian Songwriters Conference and it's on again in June 10th to 14th at Edelong Beach, just north of Sydney. Don't miss four days of essential skills and career development for music creators. Go to australiansongwritersconference.com for more details. Welcome to the featured songwriter Trist with Courtney Kyle. This is an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are now. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support the podcast, you can buy me a coffee through the website, songwritertrists.com. Welcome to another Songwriter Trist with Courtney Kyle. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing really well. So nice to have a chat today. I know. It's going to be fun. I've been watching and and getting in tune with everything you're doing so I'm keen to find out a little bit more about you and behind the scenes and where it all began so just to start with tell me what is the Courtney Kyle story good question the Courtney <laughs> Kyle story is it's a bit of a long one so I'll try and keep it short <laughs> sorry it's a podcast we got plenty of time we got plenty of time to chat back when you know I was I was a young child I, I was very lucky to grow up in a family that music was such a big part of our life. So, you know, we were listening to all genres and we'd be listening to the Eagles and we'd be listening to Dolly Parton and then nice. ACDC. So, you know. Yeah, everything. A bit of everything. Opera was in there too. So wow. I've always grown up loving music and it's been a big part of anything I do. I was always involved in dancing and creative arts and things like that as a kid. So I was yep. naturally kind of drawn to that anyway. But as I started to get into my, you know, early years in school, I started to take a little bit of, you know, interest in songwriting when one of the creative arts studies in about the third grade, one of our teachers, she was a singer-songwriter and one of the tasks we got given was to write a song. And it was quite foreign to me at the time. Obviously I loved music, but I hadn't probably thought too much about the actual idea of writing your own song, you know. Uh, It's something I guess. quite progressive. Yeah, until you do it, you don't really think well I hadn't really thought too much about it so it was awesome to have this opportunity as I was probably eight years old maybe to have Mm. my teacher going through with us what do you do to write a song what are some different structures and we kind of she used different song examples which I can't even remember which ones they were now but you know to pull them apart a little bit and learn the basics of rhyming and what kind of how to shape a song which was really exciting and at the time I was like oh this is really cool. (laughs) I like this. Uh, But it was probably around the similar time that my parents also sent me off to start doing some singing lessons and vocal training, which I hadn't, you know, really done much of either other than singing in school choirs and things like that. But once I started doing singing lessons, I realized I had a bit of a, a passion for it and a bit of a knack for it. And found myself really enjoying it. I was very shy at the time. The idea of going on stage still terrified me, but I, I loved it. That's natural. It. Yeah, exactly. As a yeah. nine-year-old, it's a bit daunting, but 
I loved singing and I guess that's really where the foundation of my love for what I'm doing now came from. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so so it started quite young, but then as time went on and I got into my early teens, that's when I really started focusing on songwriting more and I guess growing, trying to grow on my vocal ability and and those types of skills as well. And it was never... I guess I never focused on going down the country pathway that, you know, is part of my story that comes like, I think it takes a little bit of time to find your way sometimes and work out where you fit. But Mm. I started writing and started working with some different people, trying to learn from them about songwriting too. And just naturally, it was a very slow, natural process. There was never any pressure on me to do it. It it was just something that I knew I loved to do. And there was Mm. never really a doubt about it. I just loved music. And that was always the way I saw my path going. I, I didn't really question it. I just went with it. You know, when people yeah. say like, what do you want to do when you're old? I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be a singer, you know, I'm going to be a yeah. songwriter. So it was just always there. But I guess until it was never a question of how it was going to happen. It was just mm. more, when would it all start to unfold, I guess. And That's and, so brave. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always a shame to say that. Well, it, it's interesting because I think there's both sides of it because people, some people do tend to be a little bit like, oh, that isn't that nice that, yeah, oh, good for you. Like how long are you going to keep that up, you know? But for me it was yeah. like, no, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a singer. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about, you know? You don't get the validation when you're younger saying I want to be a singer. It's like if you say you want to be a doctor or something, it's like, oh, good for you. Good that's for a you. great job. Whereas <laughs> I want to be a singer. It's like, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's nice. It's like she hasn't grown up yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, Good luck. You'll grow out of it. <laughs> yeah. you know? But I didn't grow out of it. So yeah, yeah I, I spent a lot of time in my teens just trying to work out what to do, how to do it, mm. you know, all of that stuff. But I was lucky to have some great people come around me to help teach me songwriting, also how to start getting into the studio to get your ideas down, which was so valuable. Wow. So how did so, that all happen? Did Were your parents really encouraging or like who was around you to support you? Yeah, I'm very lucky that my parents have always been so supportive. They've never doubted it. They've never tried to convince me to do something else. They've, oh, that's you know, nice. I'm very blessed to have them as my mm. number one supporters and have always been my number one supporters, which is really great. So mm. they were always looking for opportunities and mum would be online researching, trying to find different things for me to do, different, you know. Oh, way to go, mum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, I found this, you know, musical you could audition for or different family different teachers over the years and things like that so that was always awesome because she was quite often the person coming up with all the ideas and I was just going along with the ride you know but we connected up with uh, amazing producer songwriting couple in Melbourne Barbara and Adrian Hannon and that was just through about three different mutual friends said oh have you guys met these guys they they might be someone that could kind of help Courtney and give her a bit of direction because when you're in the middle of it as a teenager, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just like, oh, I like writing songs and I like singing, but yeah, I don't really know what, what else. <laughs> yeah, so, nice. I, so they helped you kind of develop absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So right, we connected up with them and Barbara is an amazing songwriter in her own merit and she took me under her wing and, and really helped me develop my writing. We did a lot of co-writing together and nice. then AD, her husband, is a fabulous producer so we put some demos down to get me comfortable in a studio environment as well but that was you know I was a power team oh absolutely I can't um you know express how wonderful they are to work with enough and how amazingly talented (laughs) Eddie was um on that conference call with the songwriter conference the other day wasn't he what was their business name let's give him the song store 
you've got to check them out because they're they're awesome. They're just great people as well, you know, really great people. But it was awesome working with them because they really gave me, you know, a proper look at like, okay, you want to do music? This is what you got to do. You've got to have such a high standard. You've got to be passionate about what you're doing and and really go after it because no one's just going to give it to you. (laughs) So through working with them, it, it was quite a few years and I only released my debut single in August last year. So that was still quite a big gap to fill in of a lot of time of developing my music. And I was very conscious to not release something too soon just for the sake of releasing it. I wanted to make sure that when I was putting music out there, I knew it was exactly who I was, who I wanted to share with the world and make sure it was the best I could do, you know, at that point because obviously... It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, especially for your first release. I think it's kind of Mm. you put a lot of pressure on yourself, but I wanted to make sure I was doing it when I felt was the right time. Mm. So through that... COVID was the right time. Oh, well, (laughs) how that works out, isn't it? (laughs) But I I guess part of, you know, the time I was working with Barb and Adrian, that's when I started finding my country roots, which it was kind of just through, not I wouldn't say coincidences, it's probably just more meant to be and you Mm. find your path when it's right, I think, and through, well, I didn't realise at the time as much, but my dad's mother, so my grandmother on on his side, she was a country singer in Adelaide back when she was in her 20s. So she would sing on the radio with her sisters and it was very country. So I didn't really know that, but, you know, now, of course, it's cool to look back on Dirty, dark secret in your family history. (laughs) We've got a line of country singers. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was just interesting when you know that because I started finding that I was gravitating towards country a lot more. I did grow up going on horse riding camps and things like that. So I had a bit of exposure to it. But once I started, you know, listening to the songs a lot more and looking into different artists and I then suddenly was like, oh, I've really like this and I'm feeling kind of something inside like I'm feeling you know this connection to it that then even a couple of my friends I studied a diploma of music performance and my friends during that course they where did you study that uh, I did that at Box Hill Institute in Melbourne so I'm a Melbourne girl (laughs) noise yeah and uh, my (laughs) friends are like you just you sound a little bit country when you sing and I was like no what are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a pop singer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm not country. And they're like, no, you really do sound country. Maybe you should like look into it a little bit more. So yeah. so I just started when I was writing my own music, I, I started finding that it was a lot more country singer-songwriter than these straight pop songs, which, mm. uh, yeah, I couldn't really deny it much longer. Right? Once you know it, you, you know it's there. And I uh, applied to go to the... Academy of Country Music at Tamworth for their senior yep. senior program and got accepted in and, and went up and did that in 2016. And once I got there, it was just that sudden realisation, like, this is exactly where you're meant to be. You know, this industry, this genre, this, it's completely right. Yeah. And yeah. just being around people that in that genre, but also in that environment, that's their life. It mm. was like, that's what I want. You know, that's what I want to be doing. So yeah. It still, once again, 2016 still took me a while to get music out. But once again, I was just developing it, developing my sound, trying to work out what, I guess, layer of country music I felt like I fit into. Mm. And through Barb and 80, I got to also then be introduced to Rod McCormack, who's now my producer, and his lovely wife, Gina Jeffries. And 
that really started at the start of last year where they were so encouraging to me. I'm like, let's get some music out. Come on, let's do it. Get what it out there. Let's go. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. I've just been I've just been introduced to Rod recently actually. So I'm looking at working with him. How was that experience? Oh, he's unbelievable to work with. He's just incredibly talented on so mm. many levels. It's unfair to the rest of us because he's just <laughs> brilliant. His actual musicianship on guitar, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that he's this phenomenal guitarist, banjo extraordinaire. He can, wow. yeah, he, he's brilliant, but then his producing is just top class, has such an ear for, for it, and is just so wonderful and encouraging to work with. So, yeah, I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done and all the encouragement. And Gina, yeah. as well, mentoring me for the past year and a bit has just, as a young artist, is absolutely valuable. You just I, I don't know where I'd be this at this point of the year if I didn't have the two of them in my life for this past year. Absolutely. And you said that you spent like 2016 or before that even when you were developing who you are to, to 2020, like that is a sort of a long time to kind of be working on it. And I was a bit like I think the same, like there was a lot of pressure on that first impression. What do you think it was for you? I'm curious. Sure. I think I never put too much, I, I think pressure-wise I never put anything too strong on myself, like this is your one moment and if you stuff it up, it's all over. I think it's just I wanted to be putting my best forward and I think as a creative person, I'm sure you'll agree, is that you know when it's not, you're not quite there yet. Yeah. So I think for me, I I still don't think I'm there yet. I just do it anyway. (laughs) I don't think I'm here now, but I think there's time, there's milestones where you feel like, oh, I feel like this, I'm doing, this is right. This is the yeah. right time. You, I think things line up and it just feels right. <laughs> yeah. I can't explain yeah, no, it really I agree. in any yeah. other way. It sounds a bit, you know, airy-fairy and a bit fluffy, but... Uh, you got to follow your gut. And you got to go with your gut. And I think that's purely really what it came down to is that I felt that it was time to go with it and run with it. And also you just have to jump in at some point. So I just have to jump. <laughs> I can get caught up and let it all ball up and steal my thumb. Like some random playlist is made just to give you the blues Down at the crossroads, I know the devil won't pull me under I wanna be up, don't wanna be down, don't wanna be lost, just wanna be found Don't want the weight of the world on my shoulders I'm gonna shine I'm really glad that you did jump because that is the hardest thing. Like I think for me that was the hardest thing to like jump into live performing and to recording and releasing the songs that you've written. Mm. Like that is such a brave, courageous thing to do because you're essentially putting up your hand and saying, yes, judge me. I don't mind. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. I can take this. And then sometimes you really can't. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, you're one in a million that, is putting their hands up and saying, yeah, I'm going to stand up and say I'm human and I'm going to share my heart and soul with people that are complete strangers and take that risk because I think it's important because we connect with each other through music and that's a very uh, honourable thing to do. So well done. Oh, thank you. And I, I think that is a really good point is that you think we, like as humans, we listen to so much music and 
we we listen to it as creatives, but then when the shoe's on the other foot and you're the one releasing the music, it's like, oh, this is different. We're so it's so nice to receive fabulous music and be connecting to wonderful songs. And then when you're putting it out there, you're like, oh, it's different because you're like, oh, I hope people connect to it. I hope people have that mm. feeling when they listen to it that they go, oh, I love that song, or I really connect to that, or that makes me think of this, you know. So it's yeah. definitely a different feeling, but uh, yeah, I, I, it gives you a different perspective and respect for musicians once you're finally doing it yourself. Oh yeah. But it's a good feeling as well. And it's just a a learning process and it's continually learning. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you have got your music out there and you've, you obviously developed and worked a lot on what your sound is and where you want to be and country music and all that sort of stuff. What is it that you think is your core message when you're working on your sound and your songs and what you're presenting to the world? Is there like a core message or a goal behind what you're doing? I think the biggest thing is just to create connection through mm. whether it's a happy song, a sad song, whatever it is. I just want people to connect, which I think any singer songwriter would want that too. But for me, it's just to build that feeling that people listen to the song and go, oh, I feel that, you know, I connect to that, I relate to that, and that, you know, is the biggest thing. And with my first single, I Just Want to Hold You, that mm. was that moment where I felt that people were connecting to it because especially during COVID last year, it was mm. very timely for the song and it, it was just nice to see that people, you know, were relating to it. And I had a few comments on my YouTube channel and things like that, people saying, oh, I heard this song and it makes me think of my husband who's in hospital right now and I can't see him and I just want to hold him. So yeah. it's it things, and I thought that's the that's part of the reason why we do it is just to know that we're hopefully finding a way to touch people through music and that's the biggest thing. And, and I'm all about spreading love. So I, I like to try yeah. and keep the songs positive. Of course, there's going to be sad songs and whatever comes in time. But I think I like to try and keep a positive spin where I can and, and try and keep it up or mm. opposed to it being t- too serious. But I think there's also a time and place for all of that too, because we're songwriters and we're storytellers. So I think so too. Yeah, There's a place for it all. <laughs> There's a place for every emotion and every emotion is essential and we don't feel one without the other. So I think that there's space for that in all music. And I think when I'm listening to like an album or a body of work of someone's, I'm kind of looking for their spectrum of emotion. Mm. And so like if it's all just happy, fun, dance stuff, it's like, okay, but what do you do when you're sad? Because like, exactly, life isn't <laughs> always up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's perfectly fine. I think that's what I love about country music is that there's – for me in my experience so far, there tends to be a, a broader spectrum of emotion and it kind of gives permission to other human beings or for me it gives me permission to feel everything and that's okay and there's no shame in feeling absolutely any emotion, which there, there never should be shame around emotions but there is unfortunately. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it, I think that's so special about country music is the stories can be they can be a happy love song or it could be losing a loved one, but they're all valid. Yeah. It's all important and it's all what people go through. So I think right. that's what makes country music so relatable is that we're talking about things that people are experiencing. Yeah. No, I love it. So you've done a fair bit of co-writing as well. Tell me about your co-writing experience and in your advice or what do you do around during a co-write and before like preparing for a co-write? What's that journey for you? Well, firstly, I just love co-writing. I really mm, love I it. <laughs> I just, I, it's just such a nice experience because I always love the idea of the more people, 
not the more people because I think you know there's a line with having too many people involved but I think yeah. it's, it's really lovely when you're working with other people because you can take a song to a place that you could have never thought of and sometimes it's an outsider looking in that goes oh how about that and you go oh that's the best idea I'm a big passionate supporter of co-writing I love writing on my own too I enjoy it too but Mm. I just love it I love co-writing so normally if I'm I'm going into a co-write the main thing I try to do is be prepared in the sense of having different ideas I try to have a couple of fleshed out ideas whether it's a chorus concept or a bit of a you know, concept for the song or structure or a melodic hook. I try to go in with a couple of ideas on that path, but then I always have a, just a running general list of ideas. So yeah. I think it's better to go in more prepared because yeah. I like to think that I don't want to go in expecting that everyone else is going to have a brilliant idea because that then puts, you know, pressure. Because if everyone has their off days, I think yeah. sometimes I've gone in and been like, oh, I just can't quite put into words today what I want to write about yeah. but I think it and everyone, everyone has their days but I think if you go in prepared then you'll also be matched with that level of enthusiasm I think if you you show up they're going to show mm. up too and if they show up you'll show up I think it's a bit of a it's a partnership so I yeah. like to think if I can go in as prepared as I can be doesn't mean we're going to use those ideas and a lot of the time I go in and then I'm like oh I love their ideas let's go with those <laughs> so I, th- I think that's the biggest thing and you've just got to work as a team that I loved, I think it was Laurie McKenna that said, sometimes you're going to be pouring the tea, sometimes you're going to be pouring the wine, sometimes you'll be the one writing, you know, it just, in a co-writing room, it just, it's never going to be the same. (laughs) Everything's going to be different. And sometimes you'll be the one taking the back seat. Sometimes you'll be the one leading it. And I think that's really nice, a really nice thing about co-writing. And I think it's just that you have respect for the people that you're there with. It's a group thing you know it's no longer yeah. your song when you take it in it, it's everyone's putting into it you know so everyone's got that buy-in and I think when you look at it in that way it just makes it for such a more inclusive experience. What's your ideal number like have you what's the biggest number of co-writes that you've had in a, in a song writing I session? I think the most is five or four, wow. four, four or five I'm just yeah. trying to remember but I have been doing a lot over Zoom over the past year so it doesn't feel as daunting when there's more people I know it sounds okay. funny but like because yeah. I can be quite introverted in real life okay <laughs> you know so if I'm in a room with a bunch of people that can be a little bit daunting but on zoom I'm like yeah more merrier let's do it <laughs> you know yeah. which is funny because it just takes out that little bit of you know that I get a little bit nervous before walking into a room of people yeah. but I, I don't I, I think three is kind of a nice number three or four I, I quite like yeah. that size too you know I don't really have a yeah. too much of a preference to be completely honest <laughs> so I'm, I'm still working yeah. on it you, yeah you never know what's gonna what's gonna work I've done a few threes I've done a lot of twos and I've done one four and then at the DAG singer-songwriter retreat one year they did like the whole class it was like wow. 45 and I actually that was too overwhelming for me so I was like I checked out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry guys I'm checking out keep up with <laughs> It was overwhelming and it was also like a really political, strong song that they were writing and yep. it just I think it made challenge. me too angry. Like I just <laughs> – and I, I don't handle anger very well yet. I'm still working on that emotion. So I'm an avoider and, if yeah, that emotion usually makes me run away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair enough. That's a lot to take in, <laughs> definitely. But I yeah. think as well if you're working with similar people, which I've, over the past year I've spent a lot of time writing with Rod – but mm. also with Gina and a lovely artist, Max Jackson, who's a fabulous 
artist in Australia and oh, yeah. then with two people in Nashville, Templeton Thompson and Sam Gay, who they co-wrote on both both my first two singles. Yeah. So that, like, we've kind of found it works well as a nice little team that, you know, you could drag if you in or out. Like the other day I was writing with Gina, Sam and Tempe and I. So it was the four of us and that worked really mm. nicely. But then other times Rod might be in there. or So I think yeah. you also find your people that yeah. things work with. So the number doesn't matter as much when you're with the right people. Yeah, it's kind of like the concept of where this podcast came from is like that connection and intimacy you get when you're co-writing with someone. You know, Tris being the connection, it's a play on words, but Tris being that connection between lovers, I feel like there's that intimate connection when you write with someone and sometimes it works and other times it doesn't mean you don't go there, Absolutely. but it mean you don't go back, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's just, you go, well, whilst yeah. that was a, it was a good learning experience, doesn't mean I need to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes it can be a bad experience, but you can still get a great song baby out of it that flourishes. So mm. it's an interesting metaphor between the two, but I quite like it and it keeps kind of coming up for me. And so, yeah, I enjoy getting to know people on that deeper level and then creating those songs with other people. It's just always interesting to see the mix of genealogy when people come together in a room and mm. what comes out of it is always different. Oh. And that's what's magic, I think. Oh, completely. And I had the opportunity, uh, I've been to Nashville twice, which has been wonderful and nice. absolutely love it. Uh, but the second time I went, I had the opportunity to write with some songwriters from a publishing house. And that was mm. the first time for me really walking into a room of people I've never met. I have never yep. spoken to them. And that was really a good challenge and quite daunting for me. As I said, as a little bit of an introvert, I was petrified yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time it was such a cool and freeing experience to be like I have no reference of these people I have no involvement with them before now and you just walk into the room and just go let's just see what we get which I think was really cool and it was really enjoyable and we got a I think I did about three or four sessions and we got in those times got a couple of songs down and Mm. It was just a really great learning curve and I really loved the songs we worked on and really great to work with people that you don't know because I think in Australia you get to know different people and even if you've never mm. written with them, you might have interacted on social media or you might have seen them somewhere or <laughs> you, you cross paths, but it was really cool just going in completely fresh people I don't know, don't know what type of style, don't know how they approach songwriting, but mm. I think that was also really great and I don't know if people out there can have the opportunity to write completely fresh with people they don't know, give it a try mm. because it's, it's also a really cool experience. Yeah. I, I, I had the opportunity to write with people in Nashville and it is very different to I think what you get here, but at the same time it's inspirational and you learn a lot from it. And yeah, I think over there I, I got the impression that like, and, and some people actually said this who are just songwriters because there are people, a lot of people in Nashville who are just songwriters. They're not mm. artists. They don't perform or produce the music. And I got the impression from them that, like, if an artist comes into the room, they're not actually expected to do anything. <laughs> like, they're kind of just there as a token because they're probably going to be the ones that sing it. <laughs> and so, it's interesting the Nashville way. You're right. It's very different. And it, there's probably a lot of artists that don't as much write. It's, I think, a lot of artists in Australia do have that passion for songwriting, but mm. I think as well you, you kind of need to as well, not only because you love it, but also financially if you've got your name on there, you, it's another way to also, mm. you know, be 
hopefully bringing in some income at some point. But I, I think, yeah, it's definitely different because, but also not every artist does love to write. Some people yeah. really have that passion for singing and being that performer and being the face of the song doesn't, doesn't mean they need to write it either. I think it's a gift to be able to do that and give songwriters who aren't necessarily wanting to perform their songs the way that an artist would. It's a beautiful gift to be able to give them that voice. Absolutely. You oh, know, completely. And that's what, one of the things I love about co-writing as well is that it, you're co-writing with someone who has something to say but maybe hasn't got the outlet or the, the space yet or will never have the space to actually release that music unless it goes through an artist. And that gift that you're giving to as an artist, the gift you give to that songwriter is I think absolutely beautiful and very oh, validating. It's a really beautiful partnership I think because mm. they're, the songwriter is trusting and putting, giving away their child, giving away their yeah. baby to someone else to take it to where they can take it. And then the artist is mm. knowing that they're taking on that of someone else's heart and soul, which is, I think, really cool. Oh, scary. <laughs> all right. Tell me, with all the study you've done, you've been to the Box Hill Institute and you've been to the Academy and you've been to Nashville a couple of times, out of all of the stuff that you've done, what would you say the best advice is that you've ever been given? Well, I think the biggest thing that has always stuck with me is just to be authentic and be yourself. So if you're trying to be something you're not, it, people are going to know that because people connect to authenticity. So I think the yeah. biggest thing that I try to do is just to completely be myself and be putting out something that's truthful that people can grab onto. But also something that I heard that I really love and something that's kind of stuck with me is just to run your own race, put the blinkers on like a, in a horse race, you know, put your blinkers on and just run your race. It's good to be aware of what's going on around you. And especially in the industry, it's, there's so much going on all the time and yeah. so many different songs and tours and festivals and things like that, that it can be quite overwhelming. So I think the, it's important to be aware of it, but yeah. be running your race so that you're not constantly being distracted and torn away from what you're doing by everything else that's going on. Mm. Yeah, it's not like don't compete. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Stick to your lane and you're already going to do better than if you're trying to compete because I think if you're 100% committing to what you're doing and just going with it, <laughs> you, you just don't yeah. know where it can take you, which I think is really exciting. Mm. I like the analogy of the horse racing and just imagining you're the only one on the race, but I, I also kind of I like the other na- analogy of in, in music as artists and as creators together it's like a team sport and we, we do need each other to be able to get the ball to the other end. We can't yeah. do it all by ourselves. Absolutely. And yet like the people we're competing against is probably those um, trolls out there, <laughs> like the, the one uh-huh. or two people out there that <laughs> don't want us to be successful in what we're doing but all the evil forces of the world or whatever spiritual thing you want to say. But like mm-hmm. I think that the better our teammates are doing, the better we're going to do. And so like the more we lift each other up and, and push each other forward, that only increases what we're doing. And um, that's a big uh, mission behind this podcast is just supporting other artists and getting your voice heard and getting you out there and, and – lifting each other up because it's needed and I think there's enough negativity out there. And I think about those times when you see like the horse races where one tries to push the other one over but then they both Mm. fall down. Like that's (laughs) – It's so true. Yeah, or even in race cars, like one nudges one but then they both go off the track. It's like the wall. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Like that's – no one wants that. No one wants that. It may be entertaining for other people to watch. (laughs) But not for the people living it. (laughs) Not for the people living it. And we all do it every now – like we've all been there at some point. 
and you just you get back up on the horse and you keep going and you learn. But yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. What a, also, yeah. one other thing that just popped into mind is that I really love is that one thing that Gina has been teaching me over this past year is that whole thing of if you are living in the mentality that success is contagious. Like I really love that idea of it's mm. like if you're successful, other people are going to be successful too. Yeah. If other people are successful, you can be successful too. That's so it's right. that whole thing that there's plenty to go around. There, mm. There's never a shortage of success. Mm. <laughs> it's like there's yeah. no limits to it. So I think it's really to get out of that mindset of going, oh, like, oh, their song's done really well or, oh, they're doing that. Oh, and I didn't get that. It's like, well, mm. they're doing that, which is awesome. So that means you could also have it next time too. So yeah. I, I think like if you're doing well and you're lifting up the people around you, they're going to do well and then lift you up too. So it's that whole thing yeah. of the rising tide lifts all boats, I think, yeah. which is something that I try to focus on too. It's so cool. Someone once told me about like an analogy of success is like the ocean and some people go down to the ocean to get water with a spoon and other people go down with a giant bucket. I like, love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then the person with the spoon gets angry at the bucket, but it's like, but it's the ocean. You could, you can have as much as want. You can swim in it if you want. It's about, it's there. You've just got to take it. I think a bit like yeah. what you said earlier. Yeah. yeah love that. Good. There's enough corniness in that. I know. <laughs> the last five minutes I'm to keep going. <laughs> Me We're too. Songwriters. The corny Courtney car. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a ring to that. Brilliant. So what about advice to someone younger who's maybe still feeling a bit insecure, hasn't released their first stuff yet, still trying to work out who they are and what they're going to do and all that sort of stuff. What advice would you give to them? Just to stick at it. Keep going. Don't give up. It's all the, once again, corny things that you hear people say, but I think it really is true that if you keep going with what you believe in, you're going to get somewhere. And it's not always necessarily going to be the place that you think it's going to be. But if you keep sticking to it, that's the biggest thing. You just have to show up and go with it because if you love it and it truly is what you're passionate about, what deep down you feel is your purpose and your calling and your whatever it is, I think if you just commit to it and go with it, good things will happen. Good things will come. But if you're mm. being true to yourself, people can't ignore that forever. Mm. So true. And it, it, it can be hard to... Like we're so influenced by the people around us, but we can also control the people around us. You know, it's you so can't, true. I think someone, oh, I saw it on one of the socials the other day. Someone said, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the hard thing I think of. I'm so lucky that I've always had support. I've always mm. had my parents standing by me. I've had wonderful family friends that have always been like, great, you go after this. But I know mm. not everyone has that. So yeah. I think it's also that important to find your people, find, and it might not always be your family, it might not always be your close friends, but find those people that believe in you and that they truly have your best interests in heart and they really do want to see you do well. I think yeah. that's so crucial to find your tribe, your people, and because if you've got them around you, when you're always going to have down days. It's, it's not the easiest pathway to yeah. go after something that's always kind of moving. It's not going to study and be a doctor or go study to do whatever. It's a challenging road, but I think if you've got the people, the right people around you and supporting you, that helps for the times when you're feeling not your best because there are going to be times where you go, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, what is the point? <laughs> is this ever going to happen? So I think that's equally important because you're always going to have those down days. Yeah. It's not always going to be living the dream. <laughs> yeah. But, but if you but, work hard, you're also going to have those moments when it's like, what just happened? How on earth did this just happen? Like yeah. that unbelievable, joyous moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. You got to work hard though. 
It yeah. doesn't come easy. No, you got to work hard. <laughs> work hard, be kind, be grateful. I think that's that's kind of my motto. That's a really good motto to have. I completely agree with that. Okay, this one is more around your inspirations. If you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, I really struggle with these types of questions because there's just so many. <laughs> I you can think... have your one for today, whatever okay. comes to your mind today. Today, hmm. I always try, Dolly Parton's the queen. I'd always try to avoid her because I'm like, of course I want to write with Dolly Parton, but I'm trying to pick someone else today. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to put Dolly aside today. I love you, Dolly, but I'm going to put you aside and pick someone else. <laughs> um, <laughs> And also Johnny Cash, I'll put you aside today as well because you're my Ooh, other, he's my other. Okay. Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton, they could go off to the side today. But okay, right. I think someone I really love just currently is Ryan Hurd. I really enjoy all the songs he's been writing. So I think he's someone that I'd love to collaborate with one day, get to co-write with him because a lot of the songs he hits just hit, uh, hit the songs he writes just hit you right in the heart. <laughs> so yeah, he's someone that I really am enjoying his songs at the moment but mm-hmm. I think as well someone like a Trisha Yearwood I've always looked up to her vocally so I know it's different to songwriting but I think a vocal mm. collaboration with her would be my dream vocal collaboration but there's just too many well they, they, <laughs> see see through that I gave you three <laughs> like yeah. I, gave you Johnny, I gave you Dolly <laughs> I gave you Ryan Hurd so I'm sorry you cheated I it's all right I, <laughs> I mentioned them without saying I'm not choosing them today but <laughs> You did say that you like three or four in a co-write, so, like, maybe that could work. Yeah, Imagine all those people in a room. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, what are you going to do this year? What are your plans and, and goals for this future, near future? This year the biggest thing that I'm trying to, you know, accomplish is to get music out and give people the chance to get to know me more because mm. I'm so fresh and new. Two singles have been great, but I just want to give people more room to understand me connect to me and I hope that by you know releasing a few more singles over the next couple of months hoping to get another two out this year but at the same time currently writing towards an album project too so I Mm. think they're the main focus points for for the next few months but at the Mm. same time I just want to be out playing shows obviously yeah (laughs) me too year it's just as everyone knows, it's slow and it mm. starts to look better and then it changes and you just have to go with it. But I'm hoping to be playing some more shows, slowly booking things in and then with the main goal of getting to Tamworth next year and I think it's going to be such a nice big reunion. <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it manages to stay up with the Blues Festival this weekend being cancelled and stuff. It's just sort of, it's so risky, any festival, especially yeah. the big ones that take so much money in organisation. It's like such a huge risk at the moment. But... I think the risk is slowly going down. Mm. But, yeah, this was supposed to be the year that I was going to festivals and just being everywhere. And Yeah. 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 It's so hard because you've got to just go with it and you be flexible and it's like we can't control it so you just have to go with it. But there's also that room for that feeling of being disappointed and being like, well, it's okay to also be a bit sad that things haven't gone the way that you thought. I think it's natural mm-hmm. and I had that last year where I was planning to go to Nashville in March and had all that lined up and then when it doesn't happen it's like, it's a shame. Like, yeah, sure enough, you do, you get up, you keep going and you move on. But at the same time, you go, mm. well, I'm still a little disappointed that didn't happen. <laughs> you know? yeah. But you, you just have to go with it and be flexible. And I think that's one thing we've learned over this past year is what's out of your control is out of your control. And you can't do anything about it. You can only change how you react and how you then proceed forward. That's beautiful. 
And I think from this podcast, people are going to get to know that you're just such a beautiful, kind-hearted, big-hearted lady and obviously very passionate. What else? um, (laughs) You clearly are. Clearly, you're obviously a very hard worker and and I can see that you're going to go very far. Tell me, as people get to know you, is there something else that you really want people to kind of pick up on as to who you are as a person or artist? Well, as you said, I hope people feel my passion. I hope that's what people feel. But I think on a deeper level of things, I'm passionate about things like mental health, the creating safe conversations and things like that, which I think is a big part of what I do as well, because music is so vulnerable. That's our outlet, but I hope other people have that outlet too. So that's something I've always been very passionate of and a big supporter of and supporting young girls to follow their dreams and be able to do what they feel they've been put on this earth to do. So I think on a deeper level, they're things that I'm also very conscious of trying to be putting out into the world too, along with my music. Mental health is a really important and soul like core reason for me as well. Is there a personal journey that you've been through that you've been able to sort of get through and has music helped you through that? Well, I think music, yeah, definitely helps me through anything I go through, the good things and the bad things. But I grew up and being a musical kid at school was not always the easiest. You go in and be like, well, I'm going to be a singer when I'm older. And that I think unfortunately with kids who don't know what they want to do, that can be a bit threatening and make them feel insecure. So I, like a lot of kids, copped a lot of bullying and things like that. So I'm lucky that I came out the other side and it, it all worked out well, but I know that doesn't happen for everyone. I know that a lot of people don't come out the other side of facing day after day bullying and people being horrible to them. So it's just something I'm very passionate about because I feel very lucky that I had the right people around me supporting me and saying, this is only temporary, school's not forever and all that stuff. And I know crap happens in the real world too, of course, you face bullies. But it was, um, I'm Bullies are everywhere. Exactly. They're everywhere. <laughs> but I think I have a different approach to it now because I've been through it as a kid and through my teens and all of that. I think yeah. I, I look at things differently, but because not everyone does have that positive encouragement to get through it, that's yeah. what's made me very passionate about it. And, you know, I've seen lots of people go through it and they end up not in a great place or take other more serious measures to, to escape from the pain. So it's just yeah. something I'm, I'm very passionate about. No, I agree. I didn't didn't do. I was the nerd at school. <laughs> I was the science nerd and the school captain. And yeah, I mean, but like, I, I like what you said when you said that people were insecure about themselves because you knew what you wanted, mm. and that is a very mature and very healthy way to look at other people's behaviour when it is directed at you. Um, especially if you're doing something vulnerable like this, there are always going to be people that will be triggered by things that you do if you're doing it publicly. And if you just remember that 99% of the time it's not critical feedback or anything like that, it's just a projection on their own insecurities and their own things that they're processing. And that is what I think we need to help people understand and and build that awareness, mental health strength and awareness that you be you and if other people don't like it, it's probably got nothing to do with you. Exactly. <laughs> and that, you just never know what's going on in someone else's world. And sometimes yeah. just by being a confident, a self-confident person who believes in what they're doing, that can make mm. other people feel like, well, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't feel confident yeah. in myself. And then when you see someone who's confident, it 
you go, well, that's what I want to be doing. So it's, whether it's jealousy or insecurity, it's so often not about you. Like you said, it's, mm. so often it's just a reflection on what they're struggling with. Yeah. And probably unable to see it. Yeah. Emotional intelligence, unfortunately, isn't taught at school. And if we don't yeah. get it from our parents or our surroundings, we have to learn it. And usually there is no easy way to learn that. It just, you yeah. have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And some people choose to do it and other people don't. And that's what separates us, I think. But the more awareness we can get out there and the more emotionally intelligent people we can have in the world, the better and safer this world will be for everyone mentally. Oh, completely. And mm. I think that if more kids in schools, things were taught, to, I think it would just be a whole different ball game. where if it was so much more awareness was brought to mental health. And mm. as a kid, of course, you're going to be wrestling with different things of who am I? What am I going to do? Where, like, what do I want out of life? But I mm. think if there was a bit more you know, structure around helping kids navigate through that, it would bring yeah. adults all of a sudden they'll be growing up into adults with a complete different yeah. perspective on life. Yeah. And and kids are just a reflection of, like I have three kids and they just want to be like us and they're just yeah. a reflection of the adults in their life. So it does start with us adults that want to make an impact influencing those children in our community, even if you don't mm. have children yourself. Like as an artist, I don't know about you, but when you're playing a show, kids are always the ones, like I get girls coming up and go, oh, I love your voice or you're yeah. a really good singer. Or, and I can see it in them when they're saying that to me and I'm like, they've got the bug. They want to yeah. be a singer. And I just say, <laughs> I like the first thing I say is do it, sing. Don't ever let anyone tell you you can't sing. Exactly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, that was, that was the thing that was for me. Like I would sing in class and everyone would be like, shut up. And I just, I couldn't help it. It was this compulsion that I did when I wasn't thinking. I was just concentrating on my work and I'd start humming and I'd get told off. And I'd be like, oh, what? why is everyone yelling at me? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think about it now and it's like, oh, it's just because I'm a singer and that's just who I am. And like they just didn't know. I was just being me. My natural <laughs> self was coming through and I was being shut down for it in such an innocent way. But it made me feel bad about who I was as mm. a person. And so, yeah, it's one of those things that we just have to grow up and learn and we all grow up at different times, don't we? Oh, completely. And I think it's natural. Everyone finds their way and some people find it earlier, some people find it later. Mm. It's just everyone's, stum- everyone's doing the same thing, stumbling through life trying to work out what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you meant to do? <laughs> As long as you can uh, continue to keep trying, I think that's the most important thing. And continue to try and understand yourself. Like, and be yourself is such good advice. But also have self compassion that who you are today is probably not who you are going to be tomorrow. And that is so normal if you're continuing to grow and be on your own journey. Yeah, continue to be teachable. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you would like to share? We've had a really good chat. I really like you. Um, oh, just so I you like know. You. <laughs> I think you're kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, I wish um, you know, look forward to when we finally can meet face to face. We'll just keep chatting and chatting. <laughs> I feel like we should do a show together or something. Oh, be good. That would be, be cool. Great. Songwriter rounds, songwriter yes. twist rounds. Courtney yes. and Ray. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Tell me, what would you like to finish off the podcast at, by saying oh. to everyone? Well, thanking you, obviously, for having me <laughs> on it. It's just really refreshing and nice to have authentic genuine conversations and mm. talk about the important things which I think is really good and it's very easy as artists to gloss over this stuff sometimes we don't always mm. talk about the real stuff which I think is awesome to see you doing that with this podcast and it's really inspiring so thank, thank you, you for having me <laughs> oh you're absolutely welcome and that's all I'm here for I'm only interested in the real stuff <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. Um, so beautiful to have a proper chat with you and I'm sure I'll see you around and I'm going to put all of your links and everything so that people can follow you and come and find you and listen to your music and we'll um, just give you as much promotion as we can to help people discover Courtney Kyle and, and who you are and get to know you as well. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So grateful. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. No one can hear me. Wish I could scream or shout, but